It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey gang, welcome back to Gangplank Report. We are here covering season six, episode four, titled Love It First Night. And what we're going to do, well, first, we're going to say hello to Adrian. Hey, Adrian. Hey. How you doing? I am good. I'm good. Getting ready to head to the Bahamas. I know. I know. I'm supremely jealous of that. But fortunately for us, you hung around long enough so we could record this episode. So what we're going to do is get right into the rapid recap and then start talking about it. Perfect. Okay. So the rapid recap, the crew night out led to an after party in the master cabin. Z and Courtney made out and neither one of them wants to talk about it. Everyone woke up with hangovers, naturally. Roy Orbison Jr. is back. Lexi and Matt argued again about provisions and about who's the boss. This Roy, when they do come on the boat, is not the Roy we remember from last season. This is definitely a rowdy Roy. Katie decides to put Courtney on mids to give her service experience, and Lexi is not happy about it. And then we have our first night dock. So there's your rapid recap. What did you think? I thought that this first crew night off was pretty interesting. I feel like we see some interesting foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Definitely some immediate foreshadowing with Z and Courtney. Right. She with starts Courtney off and Daddy. <laughs> oh, she starts off calling him Daddy. And I don't, something about that has always irked me. Just like somebody calling you babe. Like, I'm not a pig. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Something about calling a romantic interest daddy just never really struck me as romantic anyway, but it's cute. You know, everybody gets into it. It seems like at least half the table is having fun. Mm -hmm. It seems like the other half the table just wants to argue. I don't really understand why Matt and Lexi sat across from each other because it just seems like they have a contentious relationship and that's not going to improve. Why would you want to spend your time on your night off sitting across from somebody that you don't like very much? It just doesn't seem like they have even any friend chemistry. Right. I think it was kind of they both got relegated to the end because nobody wanted to sit across from them. Oh, that's possible. That They've makes sense, both actually. been causing the most problems, it seems like. Well, that's true. And I think somebody made the comment, because we saw half of the night out last week, and somebody made the comment that they were just ribbing him about not being there for the first day of their last charter. And for what it's worth, I understand it. At the same time, at some point, you've just got to get over it and move on. And I feel like his patience was being tested with that whole conversation as many times as it happened. Right. I agree with you there. 
So then we see them head back to the boat. And here's something that I thought was interesting. So on below deck sailing, Daisy had no problem with people partying in the guest rooms. And we figure that that's for a couple of different reasons. One being that they are obviously in quarantine, you know, in, in like a COVID bubble and they can't really go out and party too much. And so they kind of have free reign of the boat and Glenn doesn't seem to mind and Daisy doesn't seem to mind. In this situation, I feel like every time we've been on one of the motor yachts, that it always is a thing. And real immediately, we see in one of the talking heads that Katie says, I don't care. I'm the one that has to clean it if we make a mess. If I regret it, that's my problem. And I found her so cool in that moment, to be quite honest. I already, I really, really like her, but I did find it wasn't like she was going to relegate it to... Lexi or Courtney to do she took ownership like I'll clean it up I'll clean up the mess this is what I want to do and I thought it was cool I agree and I think that's pretty cool and pretty different Mm -hmm. And I feel like I hope that she doesn't end up regretting that later, but it seems like not after this master party. But in this master party, we see them drinking champagne and twerking. And we see finally Z gets to make out with Courtney a little bit on his birthday, which is cute, Mm -hmm. you know, and then wham, wake up the next morning, everybody's brutally hungover. And Z and Courtney aren't even talking about the kiss happening. I don't even know if either one of them remember it looked to me like Courtney was made aware of it in her confessional (laughs) because she seemed shocked and was covering her mouth and really didn't know and they coupled that with her being in the crew mess talking about it so I'm guessing that was filmed after the confessional but yeah neither one of them seems to want to bring it up again which is cute that's I think that that's how real life works. You know, sometimes when you're a bit lit, you don't want to make assumptions about it. I think it makes them look very respectful of the other one's feelings. And I like them. I hope that it progresses, to be quite honest. Same. I think it's really cute. And I feel like there's really no other boatman's tension that escalated at any point you know we still see that David is interested in the b-word and we know your thoughts on that Mm -hmm. I feel like (laughs) again he doesn't have the perspective that we do watching the last season so he doesn't know hmm, more about what she's like and who knows if he's seen other seasons to know what she's been like with guys on boats you know she makes a comment at some point when they're reviewing the events of the previous evening saying that boatmances are dangerous so that's To me, she's probably putting it out in the universe that she's not interested in trying to do anything on this trip, but who knows? Yeah, you never know. We never say never when it comes to below deck. (laughs) True. That's very true. So these guests show up. We've seen them before. They were fantastic guests from what I remember from the last time that they Mm -hmm. were there. Seems like things are a little bit different this time. However, I'm going to give them a little bit of latitude because covid so exactly and i normally when people get into the total drunken state i'm in eye roll mode but i imbibed more than i should have several times during covid because it was just nuts and to go from they were probably in lockdown just like we were but to go from that to being able to cut loose i can see taking it a little farther than they should i I did feel bad for his wife she was not thrilled (laughs) she seemed patently annoyed but I feel like that happens all the 
time. And to be honest with you, in the scale of sobriety to drunken, ridiculous charter guests that we have seen, his antics were extremely mild, in my opinion. Right. And I don't feel like he was disrespectful to anybody, except for maybe his wife felt that way a little bit. But to be honest with you, watching him, I wasn't thinking he was a danger to himself or anybody else. He wasn't aggressive. Like, he just looked like he was having a good time. Right. And I, I'm not offended by that. Yeah, I'm not offended by that either. I probably would be more offended if I were Courtney and I had to clean up that bathroom. But other than that, I really think he was just partying and having a good time. And it was cute to see the kids. I love Ray the Third. I love Bo. It was cute seeing them on the bridge and Roy asking, how do we do the beep beep? And the C word actually let him do it, which I thought was sweet. So I like having them on the boat. The B word didn't seem very thrilled about having to babysit, but I would think that's part of the gig. Yes and no. I mean, if you're also... And consider that when she's standing on the aft deck, it's her job to keep an eye on the guests. And if she's got to keep an eye on the kid, mm-hmm. when the guests are on the jet skis, that creates more of a conundrum, you know, oh, responsibility wise. So I feel like that's why they brought a nanny. Mm-hmm. But when you're in charge of somebody's safety, having to manage a toddler at the same time can be a bit of a challenge doing it by yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, point. we've seen her tear off a radio and jump in the water after somebody before. If she had to do that, what would she do? Toss the kid and jump in? Like, right. you know, there really should be another responsible adult around in case she has to do her job job. Okay, so in that situation, what do you think she should have done? Should it have been an interior person's gig? Should she have radioed one of the girls on the inside and asked them to do it? or Possibly, or one of her deck team. Okay. Because we didn't see any of the other deck team out there. They might have been managing the slide at the front of the boat, but there's three of them and one of her on the aft deck, and there's jet skis running around. So you've got to kind of delegate a little bit. Yeah, that's a good point. And it seemed like it kind of was just a pass off, like it was a last minute thing. So it's not like she necessarily could have prepared for that either. Yeah, it looked like Rebecca was just, Rebecca's the nanny, looked like she was just going to take a whirl on the jet ski and then come right back and do her thing. So I didn't think it was that big of a deal. But now that I've heard it from your perspective, it does make much more sense to me. And my bias is showing. We'll move on. But there was a part, I do have to admit, Lexi shared with the B word that her father had passed. And there was a very compassionate moment, I thought, on the B word's part. So I'm showing I can be objective. And I found that to be a total kindness on her part to try and comfort her and let her know that it's okay to not be okay. And that was a good moment for her. That was a little bit of a redemption moment in my eyes. I agree. I think we are learning a little bit more about Lexi and that whole situation. And like I said, I like the fact that she's close to her mom. I am too. Mm -hmm. So I get that. And being far away from your family when something that tragic has just happened has to be really difficult. Again, I don't know how that's going to play into her emotional stability going forward. Mm -hmm. But that was a pretty cute moment to see how else do you respond to that, though? Yeah, You know, when somebody is upset or drunkenly upset or whatever the case is, you know, Mm -hmm. I do, however, not like what happened after that, where Katie gave Courtney the opportunity to do some service. And we know that the Disney princess thing and Courtney being a nanny prior to this, even though she couldn't put together a crib, which was hilarious. 
you know, to, <laughs> by, the, to... by the way, real quick, that was a freaking pack and play. There's nothing easier to put together than a pack and play. <laughs> so, okay. I would not know, but <laughs> okay. I believe you. It, it just snaps. That's all it does. It snaps. Well, Z so... knew how it works. Exactly. So yeah. <laughs> but the fact that she has experience with kids and is has that bubbly personality, I think it was a good idea for Katie to use that strength to her advantage and put Courtney on service for this particular group. I agree. And to give her a little bit of experience and shake it up a little bit, you know, we have seen in prior seasons where everybody kind of gets stuck into a role mm-hmm. and to see Katie change that up a little bit and give Courtney that experience to do drink service, to do meal service, to help with the little ones, I think was a smart move. I and too. then we cut to Lexi nonstop complaining about it. Right. And I think the other aspect of this is in the preference sheet meeting, Katie learned that the Orbisons were really chill. And I think that she used that information to be like, this would be the perfect time. Not demanding guests, people who are going to be laid back to give her her shot. So Not making 800 espresso martinis. Exactly. Exactly. Although Moscow mules were overflowing, but I do think it was a great time for her to do it. I didn't understand Lexi saying you don't train while you're on charter because we've seen that for seasons upon seasons now. Z is training on charter and learning as he goes along. How else? I mean, I guess you could take classes or get with somebody in the off season to learn these things, but But it's still mostly on the job training, just like any job. You still have to acclimate no matter what, regardless of what boat it is, what job it is, what industry it is, you still have to acclimate on the job. So she's got to learn at some point. I feel like Lexi was just complaining to complain Mm -hmm. because she likes to hear herself talk and thinks everybody else does too. Yeah. And after seeing her burn list, I think complaining is the minimum level of where her anger can go. Oh, yeah. I have not had a burn book since the fifth grade. (laughs) I've never had one, but that's just me. Yeah. Moving on from there, I feel like we've had some interesting previews for what's coming up. Does Matt leave? Does he stay? What caused him to get to the point where he packed up all his stuff to leave? Right. You know, we see some more Lexi Matt drama. We see a little Le- bit more Lexi B word drama too. We saw. Oh yeah, I feel like she's the toxic element here. Mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that because it it really does look like Matt knows what he's doing. Even the C word commented on the crew meal being really good, but then we see in the preview that she's mentioning to him crew lunch. Like he seems puzzled that he has to do it. I don't. But I thought I we just that. saw him do it. Yeah, that whole thing. Can- confused me a little bit he seemed to redeem himself on the first day of this charter things aside from setting fire to a pan I thought he did very well I did find it interesting I'll say that it made the anxiety made more sense to me knowing that he didn't have formal training and that he's worried about serving people who he knows are used to five star that made the anxiety make sense to me I don't think that you need formal training for the gig. Some people are just gifted and they're just gifted chefs. So I think that's his own mental thing. And maybe somebody's planted that seed in his mind. I spent all my real college money on a philosophy degree. And then I went back and did (laughs) community college culinary program. Right. So I wasn't trained at the CIA or Johnson and Wales. Almost everything that I learned in practicality was done on the job. 
Right. It just matters where you do your externships. Right. So I know several amazing, successful chefs that never went to a formal culinary school. That doesn't seem to be a hindrance in my mind or in actuality in the culinary industry. It's I really about agree. your talent and the skills that you've acquired throughout your different jobs and you're learning on the job. Right. So I feel like that shouldn't be, but maybe that's just his own right. mental hang up about it because he doesn't feel adequate by not going to one of those insane schools. I know people that left culinary school with $120,000 worth of debt because of two years of culinary school crazy. and still haven't been able to make that back because the jobs that they took don't pay well. Right. I got really lucky getting onto yachts and being able to pay everything off really quickly. I didn't have that issue, but mm -hmm. not every everybody knows about yachting not everybody does it so yeah I don't know I feel like that's just him beating himself up and maybe that's part of his personality is that he just constantly feels imposter syndrome and that to me is a bummer because yeah. again it looks like he has some skill and some talent but how much does he allow that to get in his way right and mess and, up and his I mojo yeah, and I think we'll see more of that next week play out with whatever causes this meltdown. Where we ended the show this week was with the first night docking. And Z seemed very panicked, even though he was successful with the heating line the first time around. He seemed very panicked going into this one. And of course, they cut it off right when something apparently goes wrong. I don't know enough about ships to know what went wrong. I just saw that that rope came off whatever it's tied around the wench the, yeah the wench okay so as somebody who's in the industry what does that mean what are we looking at potentially it it's hard to tell one because we didn't see much of it but mm -hmm. when you wrap a line around a wench you normally coil it several times so that if in fact part of the line as you're pulling it so the wench has a button okay. usually on the ground right next to it so that you can wench the line in instead of trying to use human strength to do it because sometimes human strength isn't enough. Okay. And so you use the wench, an electric wench, to turn the line in closer to you. Mm -hmm. And what it looked like to me is that either it was wound incorrectly, like counterclockwise versus clockwise or the other way around, and it popped off. Mm -hmm. So that means that it was taut. So it was already connected to something on the other end. But now it's loose. But now it's loose. Okay. So that's kind of the vibe that I got from it. I just didn't know if this is like high drama, if this no. is something. Okay. Happens it, all the time. Okay. And that's one of the wonderful things about having you so I can ask these questions, because I know that Bravo will amplify things to make it seem like, okay, we're going to have another Captain Glenn running into the dock. But to me, for some reason, it just didn't click in my head as that high of drama, but I wanted to check with you. Yeah. And sometimes if the lines are wet, they stretch more, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of factors that can come into that. Again, it's dark. It's hard to see. There's quite a lot going on. There's a guest potentially trying to jump off the boat into the water. Like there's right. a lot happening at that point in time, but it's possible that it was just put on the wench incorrectly. Very clearly wasn't deliberate, but I feel like they'll recover from that pretty quickly. I don't think that's going to end up being that big of a deal. That doesn't mean that the responsibility isn't going to fall on Z or someone else who might've done that. Cause I don't right. remember seeing who was holding on to the other end. Of I the thought line. it was Z. I'm not positive on that. So don't quote me, but I did think it was 
was him. So we'll see next week. But overall, I thought it was a pretty good episode. Not too dramatic. I think we both felt like that musicians coming in was weird. Yeah. (laughs) That could have been left out and I would have enjoyed it just as much. Well, considering the fact that Roy Jr. is a musician and maybe they wanted to add some local flair before dinner, you know, to do something, because there's almost always something now that is done specially for specific groups. So maybe that's where that came from. I don't remember them saying in the preference meeting that they needed musicians for anything, but maybe that was just them trying to show some of the local flair. Who knows? Yeah. And I do remember Katie talking to Roy's wife about the timing of it all. So it seemed like they knew it was happening. It wasn't one of those like a surprise, like you're going to surprise the guest with something. So maybe it was on the preference sheet and I missed it or they just didn't share it, but it was just strange. Everything's going to seem a little weird like that when you're bringing in outside people that you can't technically bring in. So we shall see next week how the night doc ends. If it's really not a big deal, we'll see if Roy continues to be Rowdy Roy or if he dials it back a little. And we'll definitely see what goes on with Matthew's meltdown and with Lexi's meltdown. And maybe, just maybe, we might have our first and possibly second gangplanks. Ooh, can't wait for that. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for joining us, Jen. A pleasure as always. And we'll do this all again next week. Okay. Have a safe trip down in the Bahamas. Enjoy yourself and send some of that sunny weather up our way if you don't mind. And we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below, original music and lyrics by Angel Twitter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Cast off, me hearties. You're